Ian, Ian, are you all right? Oh, I can't feel my legs. It's okay, it's okay. Look, I'll, I'll massage. Look, okay, I'll massage some life back into them. Are you okay? Uh, Breathe. Look at me. Look at me. Hi, hi, Jamie. Hi, here. Look, look at me. Look at me. Hello. Oh, oh goodness. You okay? Oh. oh, 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 there you are. Where have you been? I've been under this pile of news for two weeks. Thanks, Ian. I mean, I can't believe you. I'm glad you care about you know the employees of the office. I mean, Ian's a fellow, a fellow um, host. And you Can leave I go him back under to being an intern? I no. didn't leave him under there. He, I thought he, I thought he liked it. Scraps. Just been eating scraps of news. Oh no! Oh no! That's where all my Monopoly news has been going. I wondered where it had gone. The paper we print on is very thick. It's probably quite fibrous. Yeah, probably. Listen, Ian, do you think it'd be okay to do another episode of the podcast? Let's give it a shot. Yeah, we need get, we need, we'll get the news levels down. It'll make you feel better. Uh, we'll get you a nice cup of tea. Ian, I'll get you a cup of tea. Don't worry. Do you do you want to do the headlines? Here you go. Here you go. Here's some headlines. E- ease yourself back into it. Yeah, go on. Go on. Also, can you just sign this waiver that says you won't sue us? <laughs> okay. Moving swiftly on. I'm Ian McAllister. I'm Jamie Adams. And I'm Ian Chandler, recently escaped from a pile of news. This is Brainwaves episode 54, bringing you the best in board game and tabletop gaming news. These are the headlines for the week of 3rd of August, 2020. I've been looking so long for these pictures of crew, and we've found them at the Spiel des Jahres. UK Games Expo award shortlist is anything but short, and board game sales are down and up. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. We go over to Jamie. I just want to say beforehand, I had to do that pun under duress. No, I completely understand. I'll be having words with Ian about the puns. <laughs> Over to that Jamie. That pun was amazing. That was a high, well-crafted. <laughs> the jury's out on this. Pure-based uh, pun. Please contact us on Twitter or Facebook and tell us if you enjoyed the pun or didn't enjoy the pun. We will take this seriously, I promise. But on to the big headline that is the Spiel des Jahres Award. I know it's been a couple of weeks since it was announced, but you've got to wait for brainwaves to cover that news, don't you? Especially me, because... Awards season is what I live for, apparently. The Spiel des Jahres 2020 has been announced, and the Spiel des Jahres category has been won by Pictures, designed by Christian Stur, Daniela Stur, with art by Dominic Meyer. Pictures is a party game where players create images from unusual materials, maybe cubes, sticks, stones, and a rope, in attempt to get their teammates to guess what it is. Very simple, but seemed to be a very enjoyable game. There's very few reviews out for pictures right now. I think some people have caught unawares from it. It might not have a huge release in the English-speaking world yet, which means we've got all that to look forward to. Ooh, can't wait. On the same day that the Spiel des was announced, the Kenner Spiel des was announced. The Kenner Spiel, the Connoisseur Award. I hate the word connoisseur. It's a bit too fancy. It's basically the heavier game uh, being awarded. And the award went to The Crew, The Quest for Planet Nine. Uh, designed by Thomas Singh, with art by Marco Armbruster. Now, this is a kind of trick-taking cooperative game with lots of different missions and rules over the course of the game. It's been getting a lot of attention from critics, very well lauded, and now it's got the Kenner Spiel to add to that accolade. Well done to all of them, and of course, it also joins the 
Kinderspiel de Jahres winner, uh, Hedgehog Roll, which was announced uh, late in June. Well done to all those games. Yeah, I really want to play Hedgehog Roll. Quite fancy trying the crew as well, and I reckon we'll be seeing quite a lot of trick-taking games over the next year because of it as well. Mr. Shatner, I think we've got some more awards news from Games Expo, or Virtual UK Games Expo, or whatever it's being called now. UK Games Virtual Expo is happening at the end of August, Friday the 21st to Sunday the 23rd of August. They've just announced their shortlist. These come from games submitted by companies to a panel of judges, and there are 16, 16 categories. It's nice to see a couple of smaller companies in amongst the bigger folk clicks. Um, and those smaller ones are things like Solar Storm from Drada Games. Some other things include Loke Battle Mats Dungeon Mats, of which Ian M has the big book. Yeah, very, they're very, very cool products. We've had an interview on them recently and we'll be doing a giveaway for one of their products in the not-too-distant future as well. Yeah, they look absolutely great. Um, the categories are pretty strange, but in the best new strategic board game we have a entirely new game, June. Hey, hey, I've gone to bat for this already a number of times in this podcast. <laughs> I get That's why fair. I get why it's being, you know, nominated for these awards for new games. Because I mean, it is a new version of the game. It's it is fine. a new version of the game, yeah. It is. I think it's good enough to worth celebrate as well. Ah, uh, yes. The categories are a little weird though. Like there's there's like abstract games, children's game, family game, miniature game, etc. But then when you get to board games, it's all new board game. American style, new board game, Euro style, new board game strategic, because strategic games can't be Euro games or American style games. Yeah, but I think the fact that it's it's a it's a Euro game, uh, it's a Euro game will take precedence over it being a strategic game. I assume strategic game is more akin to a war game. Maybe. Which, which may be different from a miniatures game, because not all miniature games are war games. But because it's games that are submitted by companies to the expo for consideration, basically, it's a bit weird and a bit skewed. Like, uh, like Haba have got two games in children's games. It's always been a weird award, the UK Games Expo Award. I've never quite liked it because of the way it's submitted and, and sort of done. I I put it in the same category as the Academy of Motion Picture Awards, the Oscars, which is you get multiple film companies pitching many different films from them yeah. for similar awards. Just I guess trying to spread themselves as, as best they can. I don't know. I just I'm, I just don't like it, Jamie. Just don't like it. Ian, the categories read to me like they've very much grown organically. Yes, they've yeah. not been decided on. Yeah, that, that that is very possibly true. But you look at most awards, and with the exception of something like the Spiel de Yaris, but games with multiple categories, and it feels like they have grown kind of organically. You'll even look at something like the Dice Tower Awards, and you go back to 2008, and it was a very small list, and then it's just grown, and it's it's expanded, it's shrunk slightly, and it's just... This is adapted as the industry has adapted over, you know, the past couple of years as the renaissance uh, continues. Yeah, of course. I, I just feel like the way it's done, like companies submitting games means, that, and especially this year where they have to like send the games rather than take them to the con or anything like that. It's just a little trickier this year. And yeah, it just, I don't know. There's just something about it that rubs me up the wrong way. Who to knows be fair, this year has rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way. That's so. entirely fair to say. Speaking of a bit of a rough year, we go over to Ian McAllister with board game sales data. Yes, it's, uh, I'm taking over the financial desk today. Good, I'm wearing my awards hat. Yeah, Jamie's wearing his awards hat and, and not his financial pants. <laughs> I can have multiple hats, Ian. It comes out of the budget. Don't worry. Yeah, don't wear the pants on your head, Jamie. I, I don't usually. They're not hat. They're not hat. 
No, and don't wear my hat. Anyway, Ian, anyway, you've got financial news. Moving swiftly on about Jamie's sartorial choices, just a little bit before we go into this, this data comes from a recent estimate compiled by ICV2, which is a geek industry news site where we get some of our stories from. They cover a lot of things like comics and films and games as well. Primary source of data here is interviews with key figures in the industry and analyzing data released by publicly traded companies, market data that they've obtained, and uh, analyzing data from Kickstarter as well. So their data says that hobby game sales in the US and Canada totaled $1.675 billion, which is up 12% from uh, 2018, where it was $1.495 billion. The increase was mostly down to sales of collectible games, miniatures, and RPGs. Probably mostly D&D would be my guess there. Offset by declines in board, card, and dice games. This total does represent a new high for the hobby in general after 2018 interrupted a string of growth years since ICV2 started tracking the data in 2013. So 2018 was a little bit of a dip and now 2019 is back up again and a historical high. Board game sales declined 1% to 365 million from 370 in 2018. Card and dice games dropped a bit more significantly, 13% to 130 million from 150 million in 2018. And RPGs, that we mentioned earlier, they saw huge growth, 20% up to 80 million. Obviously, that's still quite a bit smaller than the card and board industry, but a huge a huge leap there. Do we think the RPGs will continue that growth into 2020, folks? I mean, they're much more accessible, I guess, right now, because you can just buy the PDFs and play RPGs at home. They're a little easier to play online as well, which might have helped their growth right now under the current circumstances. I think the itch.io pandemic sale is going to have a huge impact on just people discovering that there are more places to buy RPGs than just giant hardback books from... Yeah, the local but games they're so nice. They, the, the reassuring weight in your hands. <laughs> no, I know. I completely understand. Yeah, and it'll also mean that people discovering that there are RPGs outside of something like Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder or Call of Duty, any of the sort of big sort of tentpole RPGs that we, we think of. Which are great, which are great, and if you enjoy them, fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not knocking those properties by any means. It's, it's making people aware that there are also lots of other RPGs. Just, yeah. just, they're Blades just there. The you, don't have, you don't have to. Play Blades in the Dark. Ian, you've got a, you've got a Play habit of saying dark. that. Yeah. What? Sorry, no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, it's uh, interesting to see sort of a card and dice games drop so much. Board games 1% down is probably statistically kind of insignificant, I would say. It'll be interesting to see what this kind of data looks like next year, considering the impact of COVID and coronavirus on conventions. Gen Con Online is happening as we record right now. We're recording on the 30th of July. And that's happening over this weekend, and there's more virtual conventions coming, but it's not going to be the same, and it's definitely going to have an impact on sales. Oh, Ian, we'll Ian, magic. bring you that information when it comes. The magic, the magic. Remember, just the magic. You listen to it on on the third of August. You know that's the release date. Anyway, if you listen to it afterwards, hello there. But you know, keep the magic. You know, this is being recorded on the day. It's been broadcast live directly into your brains. Anyway, we've got some news, haven't we? Yes. News. Anyway, yes. Let, let's let's go on to the news. news yes we have a news update for you another update this is an update of an update now on our last episode we updated you uh, about the dispute that happened between mythic games who were or are the licensors the owners of the time of legends intellectual property and the designer of time of legends joan of arc pascal bernard there was an agreement had been reached between the parties 
Now, a recent update to the Kickstarter has further clarified the terms of that agreement with a specific reference to uh, Time of Legends Destinies, which is currently on Kickstarter. Yeah, that was the most recent Kickstarter has completed and is basically getting caught up in all these legal proceedings at the moment as it tries to fulfill. Yes, but it was Time of Legend Destinies, which is being kickstarted by Lucky Duck Games, famous for Chronicles of Crime, which I know you really enjoyed, Ian. Yeah. Now, the ability to use the Time of Legends brand has been removed from future products that Mythic Games are producing, which means that plans to provide Time of Legends Joan of Arc cards for the Destinies game, if you're following me, that is no longer possible. This seems to bring the dispute to something of an end, although, sadly, with some disappointing news, uh, an outcome for the backers of the of the last Kickstarter with Lucky Duck Games. Now, Lucky Duck have decided to drop the Time of Legends and decided just to name it Destinies with a slightly revamped box art and revamped name. Interesting to see what will happen with that. Now, they've offered full refunds up until the 16th of August to any backer who might want it, and if you're interested, details are on the most recent Kickstarter update for Time of Legends Destinies, now just called Destinies, by Lucky Duck Games. I hope that made sense. Now, Ian, I believe you've got a quite a serious letter to retailers. Indeed. The Black Game Makers Association, in tandem with Cards for All People, have issued an open letter to big box retailers addressing their concerns with the lack of representation in those retailers' choice of games. In the letter, they point out that people of colour make up 49% of the US population, but that is not matched by products on shelves. This letter asks for five specific actions. To provide the same opportunities for buyer engagement as are afforded to non-minority-owned brands such as Hasbro, Mattel, Asmodee, and Spinmaster, to create dedicated shelf space for businesses that make products catering to people of colour, women, and LGBTQIA people. Create programming that helps buyers learn about diverse products and communities that they have little to no knowledge of. To strengthen their existing commitments to our communities beyond cultural holidays and advertising. And finally, to set measurable, quantifiable financial investment goals and ensure transparency in reporting to demonstrate accountability to customers. Now, this is obviously a US-centric thing, but it's it seems like a really good idea, actually. Hopefully it'll send shockwaves not only through the American big box retailers, the, the publishers, but also hopefully out to Britain, to Europe, to the rest of the world, to, to Asia. You know, the, the game market in Japan, for example, it's huge. Absolutely. Plus, if for all these game stores and people saying, well, what can I actually do to make a difference? Then they've got a guide right here. Yeah. Nice and simple. Yep, yep. Asking for specific actions is great because it means that companies can actually act on them. Well, they, they, they can, hopefully they will act on them and not just make empty promises going, you know, we, we, will, <laughs> we, will, we will strive yeah. to provide the same opportunities for buyer engagement. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you can taste the emptiness. Yeah, hopefully something will come of that. And uh, yeah, we'll bring you any more of that as, as and when uh, some of the big box retailers change their tune. 
Absolutely. Speaking of Hasbro, I believe, Ian, you have some news on them. Yes, I'm putting on the financial pants once more and uh, bringing you some more news about money in the industry. So Hasbro has just reported their sales in quarter two of this year. Sales in their gaming category were down 19% in quarter two. Uh, that's 319 million for the quarter, down from 394 million in the same quarter last year. Uh, that inc- their gaming category obviously includes franchise brands like Monopoly and Magic the Gathering. Sales in the gaming portfolio, excluding those franchise brands, were actually up eleven percent. Um, so it's just Magic. It's mostly Magic the Gathering that's been dragging it down. It was substantially down. There were no numbers on the report that we saw about exactly how far down it was. They did say that um, Ikoria, which is the most recent expansion, has been their best ever spring set and that they have more Wizards Play Network stores now than they had previously. It's gone up by double digits in that core, which is kind of surprising considering how many of those stores have been closed over this period. My guess would be that a lot of those stores have jumped on that network to try and get some money from the sort of virtual Magic Gathering Arena games and play that have been done. What do you think, Jamie? Yeah, I think especially the move online with the, again, with the pandemic, of course. Uh, but moving to Magic the Gathering Arena has been a massive shift, and it's no, not surprising that it's, uh, with the shift to Arena and with the closing of shops, for, obviously because of the pandemic, that that Magic has seen such a drop. Yeah, those uh, I, I believe all the Wizards Play Network stores, and we've kind of touched on this before in the cast, could sort of get on board with get moving people to Arena and, and getting support from Wizards that way. So it's, it's not surprising to see a, a leap in stores when some of them are closed and looking for ways to make money through sort of digital methods. So what, what was basically selling over the quarter two period was more mainstream games, which again, the hobby game market tends to forget. Now and again, Jenga, Monopoly, Connect4, these kind of things were, is what was selling was what keeps Hasbro afloat during this period, or their gaming network category anyway, afloat during this period. And it's good to remember that those games exist those games sell and when those games do well it allows hasbro to experiment with the hobby game side of the market a bit more and more financial news uh, a little bit more now uh, from games workshop uk grown company who never heard hey, of them Nah, yes. small people <laughs> tiny are, people small people in nottingham yeah games workshop has weathered the covid crisis quite well reporting an increase in sales and profit in the period up to the end of may Sales to independent retailers were up 11%, uh, up to 59.4 million from 53.5 million, while sales through company stores had dropped by 8%. A little interesting tidbit here is that sales in the North America sort of side of the business are basically two to one from independents over company stores. So independents make twice what the company stores do in North America. Wow. Yeah. Although they are up, they are sort of down a little bit in comparison to the last time they reported. When they reported in December last year, they were up 27% because they'd had a huge, huge year. But obviously their sales have been robust enough to weather COVID. They're still up. They're still taking money. Obviously people are at home buying some miniatures online and painting them at home and still playing yep. Games Workshop games because you got to do something when you're you're locked inside. Worldwide sales were up to $296.7 million for the year. That's up 5% from the previous and their profits went up 8%. So they're doing very, very well, Games Workshop, out of the current crisis. Jamie, away from financial matters into matters of the mind. Ah, the mind. It's a strange place. But this is the... I'm not talking about the mind itself, or indeed the, the, the card game, The Mind. I'm talking game. about... It is a game. I am talking about the Mind Olympiad. Now, the Mind Olympiad, which was started in 1997... 
is running this year from the 1st to the 30th of August. That's right, it's on right now! Now, it's been previously held in person. Obviously, there's been a global pandemic, and there still is. It's being held online this year. Now, the Mind Olympiad features 60 different board game competitions, uh, and the first two days have already been. Now, the events that were on the first two days included Catan, Carcassonne, uh, Bridge Pairs, Chess Blitz, and Sudoku. Now, there are other events. I mean, as I said, there's 60 different competitions. There's board games you know, uh, games you might be a bit surprised about as well. Games like Seven Wonders, Takenoko, Through the Ages, King Domino, Cryptic Crossword, Shoji, uh, Speed Reading, uh, and Liar's Dice. A number of these competitions have prizes. It obviously depends on the events, what they are. For example, if you come first in the Speed Scrabble event, you get £40. If you come first in the Twilight Struggle event, you get $150. Are those prizes being sponsored by the companies? Perhaps? Some of them are being sponsored by companies. Ah, right, okay. Yes, some of the companies are sponsoring. For example, the winner of the Catan competition gets $150 for CatanShop.com, uh, courtesy of Catan Studio. I feel like if you're good enough to be winning international Catan championships, you've probably got all of the Catan. Yeah. That seems you never, likely, know, you never know when you might want some more Catan. <laughs> Do you play Catan at international level? What you need is more Catan. Now, yeah. alongside the individual games, there is also a kind of, uh, I don't know how you call it, like a compilation tournament, I guess, called the Pentamind and the Decamentathlon. Hold on. Thank you. Where winners are those who gain the best results from a series of games. Now, there are a number of different rules uh, which I'm not going to go into because they're a little bit complicated. But uh, the Pentamind is the most prestigious award. And the winner has their name engraved on the trophy. It's a big cup and everything. It's great. Now, as well as these competitions, you know, with, with prizes and such like, there are many opportunities to learn games and play friendly games, you know, uncompetitively for free during the event. Uh, if you're interested, head on over to the Mind Olympiad website. Have a little look. It's already up. You might, You should be able to register for certain games uh, and there's also a documentary about it called Pentamind and that has been nominated for the best documentary category at Gen Con this year which I believe has just happened Indeed it's, uh, it's just happened as this, as this cast go, goes out well, just been passed What, what a Gen Con I mean I can't believe what, what was announced and, you know who'd have yeah. thought who'd have thought that company would have announced that game yeah, I mean, Twilight Imperium Four. No, Ian, Ian, that's that's already been. I, th- I think he's delirious. Actually, he's, I, th- I think he's just he's just muttering things now. Maybe we should take him somewhere to recuperate to to relax. Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a good idea. That's a good. Oh, Ian, Ian, would you like to go to RPG Corner? Does it have biscuits? It so has many biscuits. So many biscuits. Then let's head over. Yeah. Okay, yeah, get yourself sat there beside the nice roaring fire, Ian. Here, here's a small dog to cuddle. Or you're a cat person, aren't you? Here's a cat. 
Thanks. Much appreciated. We'll put the dog away for now. And uh, Jamie, pour some drinks. And uh, of course, what's uh, happened to the dog? Oh the, no, the dog. The dog's the dog's having the run it's of the garden. An, Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, he's just outside. It's fine. Dogs are having the run of the garden. Yeah, he's he's totally fine. Yeah. So Ian, Ian, why don't you tell Ian some RPG stories, some RPG news, RPG news of horror? Oh. Yes, an update on our story about Adam Kobold. Back on episode 46, we covered the cancellation of the Far Verona actual play series that featured the then-noted GM Adam Kobol. To summarise that incident, there was an in-game sexual assault that took the players completely by surprise and led to the breakdown of the group and the series, and Kobol eventually having to issue an apology. Kobol has since quit RPG streaming. Now, it seems this has had further far-reaching consequences as Modifius, the UK publisher of RPGs such as Star Trek Adventures and uh, the Conan Adventure series, has also cut ties with Kobol. Kobol was working with Modifius on the upcoming Dune Adventures in the Imperium RPG. In a statement released on July 27th, Modifius said the following. After a discussion with Adam Kobol, all parties involved have decided that it is best he resign his ongoing projects with Modifius Entertainment. We have been following the events of Far Verona and Adam's conduct on the show and we feel his journey toward rectifying the situation isn't yet complete. Adam's work for us was written over the winter of 2019 and was specifically about best practices for games masters and we feel it pertinent that the work not be included and his participation in ongoing projects suspended. We are replacing his work using a small team of diverse writers that include women and people of colour, writers who are already members of the team who have or will be creating material for our games. Consent and safety in role-playing games is an absolute necessity, and all of our role-playing games in the future will contain advice and guidance on those aspects for everyone at the table. The safety of our fans is of prime importance to us. Reading between the lines a little bit of that, it does feel a bit like Adam has been pushed out rather than it being a mutual agreement, and there was a statement from Adam Cobol on his own site as well that sort of alluded to that as well. It's good to see Medivius taking action. Maybe take them a little long to do it, but I, I guess these these are contract negotiations and that kind of thing that take time to untangle themselves. Knee jerk reactions can happen, but I, yeah. I agree. I think it was better, you know, have discussions about it so it is not just oh yeah, you're going going knee jerk. No, yeah, I, I agree. It, 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 it's the right decision. That's, that's not to say that the the behavior is acceptable. As I said before, and I will say multiple times again, it is completely intolerable. And I will say for the entire Giant Brain team and Brainwaves team, this is complete, we do not stand oh, for this. As we said at the time, one I, jot. between us, we've run RPGs a lot. And I don't think I've ever included a scene of sexual assault. It's just not necessary. Just, just don't do that. Well, that leads us horribly on to the next story. Would you like to turn the page and read Ian the next tale of RPG horror? <laughs> Sorry, Ian, this isn't very relaxing. Have yeah, you got a very big whiskey there? Big gin. Big gin. Big Jen. Oh, excellent choice. We've reported many times on Zach S. and the RPG publisher Lamentations of the Flame Princess. And now it seems the publisher is doubling down on their support for Zach S. by letting him into their online communities. Now James Raggy, the head of Lamentations, has said on the Facebook page that he's already lost one major project due to the decision and has banned any talk of Zach's legal issues, saying... I don't want to see anything concerning Zach's legal issues here. Who believes what, who lied, and who is telling the truth? None of that discussion belongs here. It's very much the opinion of the giant brain and brainwaves that letting toxic people into communities makes those communities toxic. 
and it's the duty of people in charge of any gaming communities to make them safe spaces for all. If you don't, then criticism can, and should be, levelled against you. James Raggy has come under fire a lot of times for continuing to support Zach S, using Jordan Peterson at one point to promote products and all sorts of things, and he's definitely a person who's in a position to have criticism levelled at him, and this is just doubling down on that, and I don't quite understand the decision at all, especially when he he cut publishing ties with him, effectively, last time round. It's it's a very strange decision. I don't understand at all. Something more sad news, I'm afraid. Uh, Ian, can you please read this? I'll, I'll, I'll go and get Ian another whiskey. Or no, sorry, you like gin. Sorry, gin. I'll get you another gin. So uh, Green Ronan Publishing have put out their latest report into the state of the company, and it makes it for some unfortunately sobering reading. Uh, effectively, they were shut down in early COVID lockdown as their distributors did the same. As their distributor alliance opened back up, they could start taking money in again, uh, but this has not led to much in the way of financial stability for the company. As we all know, there are no conventions happening in 2020, and we don't really know what 2021 is going to look like convention-wise. And as such, Green Run have had to make some big adjustments to their schedule. It's involved pushing back some projects to 2021 and putting out a call to their fans to support them as much as they can. They've got an online store you can help them out through, and they do have some new launches coming. They've still got some new material coming out. So if you enjoy the work of Green Ronin, then now is a great time to help them out if you can. And that goes for any small publisher, any publisher actually, not small or otherwise, that you like the work of. If you can afford it to help them out just now, please do, especially if they're a small publisher, especially if like gaming is their only revenue stream, then please do help out games companies where you can with any little bits of spare cash that you have because it's a hard time for these companies right now and it is worth helping out our friends where we can yeah green rona has a storied reputation it'd be sad to see yeah yeah absolutely yeah they're they're well regarded in the rpg industry i'm not i've never been like a massive fan of what they put out but they put out a quality product and a lot of they've got a lot of fans so it'd be sad to see them struggle and struggling they are so do help them out if you can well we thought we were going to have time for a brainstorm this episode but we are in fact running out of said time so let's get out of here but before we do so we'd just like to give a little shout out to our patrons thank you very much for your continued support we really appreciate it and especially our executive producers the lucky spire gaming cafe which we'll have been to yesterday or in the future or or now depending on when I'm editing, listening to, or putting this out. You said now. I'm just going to head to the cafe right now. That's a great idea. Yeah. Tem- temporal issues aside, Lucky Spiral Gaming Cafe, thank you very much for being our exec producers. You're awesome, and thank you for having us on Sunday, the 2nd of August. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing you, having seen you, seeing you right now. I'm confused. Anyway, yep. if you'd like to join our uh, the executive producers, the Lucky Spire Game Cafe, in getting access to behind-the-scenes stuff, then you can do so by joining our Patreon for just $1 a month. That'll give you access to extended versions of casts, uh, a monthly update we put out, and all sorts of extra little bits and pieces as and when we make them. I have some news. Don't tell me. Yeah. 
Have you finally done your job? I've finally done my job. Uh, I've taken off my financial hat. I didn't have today. I took off my awards hat. I thought they were financial pants. I'm confused now. Have you got a financial hat as well? It's the little tin hat. I've got whole. I've got whole wardrobes. Anyway, I've got Monopoly news for you now. This year, 2020, is the 35th anniversary of the Super Mario series. Now, Mario did first appear in Donkey Kong in 1981 as Jumpman, as, as we all know. And, and there was a Mario Bros. game on the NES, but this is uh, the anniversary of the iconic Super Mario Bros. game, NES game, that started the series of Super Mario Bros. platformers. Now, in celebration of that, in honour of that, uh, there is being released Super Mario Celebration Monopoly. Now, of course, it's Monopoly rules we all know and supposedly love. But there's also a sound effect-making question block. Uh, and the sound effects can affect a player's turn, which might be interesting. Now, of course, in place of t- uh, houses and hotels, we have Toad Houses and Peach's Castles. Uh, and player She's turn. obviously not in them. Obviously, she's not in them. She's, she's always going to be another one. Uh, yeah. Of course. Aha. Meme, meme, meme. Uh, and player tokens will include Fire Flowers an Invincibility Star, and a Yoshi Egg, and, yes, Old Kent Road, or Mediterranean Avenue, if you're using the US version, has been replaced by the legendary, the iconic, World 1-1. I'm not sure about celebrating Super Mario with Monopoly. (laughs) (laughs) If if you ever want to celebrate anything in my life, please don't make a version of Monopoly for it. That's my one wish. I'm going to make a custom Brainwaves Monopoly. Yeah, on a standard triangular board. Standard triangular board. <laughs> right, yes, Ian, sorry. I'm. Yes, I was in a Monopoly haze. I think you've got some news as well. I mean, it's not about Monopoly. It's, it's not about Super Mario and that, but it is Scottish in nature. It is. Albacon. This is an RPG-focused online con being run by David Rice, who you may know as the head honcho of Tabletop Scotland. And just a generally lovely person all around. Abocon is on over the 3rd and 4th of October, and all proceeds go to It's Good to Give, which is a charity that provides real and practical support to young people with cancer and their families during challenging times. Yeah, this looks like a wonderful week on. Excellent. Yeah, there's a load of games up there already, and you can uh, sign up to run your own games as well, should you so wish. Absolutely. Might help fill that tabletop Scotland void in all of our lives. Mm. Indeed, yeah. Hopefully by then the lockdown restrictions will be lifted a little bit more, and we can maybe go and game in people's houses. But yeah, it's going to be a long time before people are gathering at cons and playing games together in that way. But so, yeah, no cause to be sad. No, indeed, we can, can play online and see still we see can people play online. You can. Yeah, everything will be all right. Everything will be all right in the end, and if it's not, it's not the end. Well, thank you very much for listening. Now, if you like what you've listened to, the best way to help us out is to share the podcast and drop us a review and a rating on iTunes. And you can also follow us on Twitter, at The Giant Brain. Instagram is Giant Brain UK. Our Facebook is The Giant Brain. Our website is giantbrain.co.uk. Or you could drop us an email at giantbrainuk at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Look after yourselves. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.